So today, we're going to continue in our witness series. We've got a couple more Sundays to go. And today's witness is to witnessing God's rescue. For all of those of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ, we all have stories to tell about how God has rescued us. And earlier this month, I had an opportunity to sit down with John and to interview him, to give him an opportunity to tell his story. And so we're going to listen to that just now. John, thank you so much for agreeing to share with us this You're morning. You're welcome. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, my name is John. Um, I live from Courtbridge. Moved over to Mayfields. Um, ten years on the twenty-sixth of October. Um, didn't really know that I was a Christian. Someone that said to me, "I'll be quick from a Christian." Ten years time. 19 years time, no, I wouldn't believe that for one, one minute. Um, Faith-wise, very little faith, um, very, very, very little belief in God. Um, I used to pray to God, but never got answers. It wasn't one day until um, that I decided to take the dog for a walk, and um, I met two people who brought me to, to Christ himself. So you've, um, you've got a wonderful story to share with us today. Would you like to do that? Yeah. Thank you, John. In 2001, I was sitting in my mum's house. Dad was reading his paper. Mum was making a dinner. I said to my mum and dad, I was going for a walk. I took my dog, Hamish, as we had Safford walking past Calorie Place, then up Wilson Road, McLean Place, past my mum's house. I had seen these two men. One of them was helping his friend move from the town to go bridge. One of them asked how I was doing. I said, feeling lonely, depressed, upset. I said, why not come along to Paul's Palace Church Sunday morning? He said that he would meet me at the doors at 10.30. I said, I would like to come. I said to the other man, you must be around Mount Nicholas at Paul's Palace Church. He said that he was. He was trying to get his friend into his Move into his move in so he could go back to his family home. Let them carry on moving into his friend's mother in law's house. Yeah. Um, I had finished my walk. I went back to the house to my mum and dad's feeling very high. Mum and dad asked me why I was so happy. Said that I was invited to go as part invited to the church. Said that my mum said that lady up the road. Her son went to the same school as I did. Um, my mum said that one, of the, one daughter, two sons, I got talking to her son-in-law. On Sunday morning, there was, there I met my friend, met, I met his family, wife and daughter and son. Seeing the adults taking the children through the groups, I said to the, my friend, who was that lady, woman? He said that was the minister's wife, who looked so young. Mm-hmm. Um, started going to church, I started to meet new people. I then met someone I went to college with. On a Saturday, my dad took me out on Saturday afternoon. Uh, one man I said, one a man I said, where was I going tomorrow? I said, to church. He said, you must be born again. 
I didn't know what that meant. Um, there was an after course. I'd gone on to ex explore more to life, as my life was empty. Um, the next year, the minister was looking for a gardener. Both the minister and his wife, mother-in-law, prayed for someone had asked me. I enjoyed doing it. I always took down sweets for them, had smiles on their faces. I got my lunch and it was Arthur night. After the Arthur group, there was a house group, Stepping Stones. I'd met people who knew my dad. People made me feel welcome. I've come to have good friendship with the church family. Always give them birthday presents, cards and Christmas presents. They are always good to me. Thank you, John. That was wonderful. And what difference has Jesus made in your life? Um, I'm more content, happy. He's taken away my anger, frustration. Um, I was very bad-tempered back then, but now I'm more calm and I've no more anxiety. And um, I pray a lot. I ask, I ask, I ask, I ask my father for um, spiritual guidance for jobs and like look after my family um, just letting God take control let God he's as I say he's my father son and Holy Spirit he's he's um, he's my he's my guide he's awesome he's always always been my provider he's always guided me in the right way and um, sometimes life will not be life's no easy for me but I know there's, a, there's always a belief that God's um, on my right hand Sometimes it's been difficult having disability, being disabled and being labelled, having different labels on yourself. Um, handicap, Down syndrome, stupid, dumb, the whole, whole lot named in Kingdom Blood Bridge. Now I'm focused on God. God's, um, yeah, he's, he's there, he's in my heart. As I, as I say to him, I gave him honour, glory and praise, go to him. I, I, love, yes. I love seven, um, teas and coffees, um, the food bank, the, the, the fair trade stall, um, just general singing, I love singing, I love singing and I think, yes. uh, I just wish more people would come to faith. Yeah. John, thank you so much for sharing. And of course, of all those labels, the most important one is that we're his children mm -hmm. and that God's our father. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're Would welcome. you like to pray a blessing for us just now? Um, Father God, I want to just give thanks, Lord, for um, this this evening, Lord, for me giving my testimony on you coming to my life, Lord. And I just give thanks and I pray for Mark and his family and for my dear sister Gladys and her family, 83. Lord, I just give thanks and wish for more people to come to faith, Lord, through your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, John. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, John, for sharing your story. And it's, it's an amazing story. There I was helping Pete Coulson move in um, when he and Elspeth were returning to Gorebridge after Elspeth had left Gorebridge saying she was never going to return. God had other plans. And it was Pete, it was Pete Coulson who um, saw John walk in Hamish the dog and just started that conversation with John. I was busy helping him get a mattress in at the time, and you know what mattresses are like. So 
I would like to say that I was all up for it, but to start with, I was like, where's Pete going? Oh, he's talking to this guy with a dog. But that's how it started. That's how it started. And when God's got a plan to rescue us, it's extraordinary how He gets through to us, finds us, uses people to reach us, sometimes in the most difficult of circumstances. And all of us have stories of those people who communicated the good news of Jesus to us. And even as I mention them, I'm sure you're calling them to mind. Relations, parents, uncles, aunts, grandparents, friends, teachers, people who help mentor you. And for John, it was just that moment where Pete Coulson reached out just as John was going through a tough, tough time in his life. And he didn't know when he stepped out the door that day from Carl Lowry that he was going to meet Pete and then meet me. And we didn't know we were going to meet him. But we know who managed to get us to have that conversation. And the thing that amazes me about that is oftentimes we've encouraged people to come along to church. Say, well, just come along, give it a try. But it's quite rare that people do, and it's even rarer that they stay. And John has done both of those. When Paul was writing a letter to the church in Colossae early, um, early in the, the history of the church, he wrote this extraordinary prayer. Um, I mean, it's a sort of part prayer, part encouragement uh, to that church. We're going to have a look at a passage from that just now, from the book of Colossians. If you can, please read this along with me. For this reason, writes Paul, since the day we heard about you, we've not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of light. For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That phrase, Jesus has rescued us. He's rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. He's rescued us. That's what God has done for each one of us, and that's what God can do for each one of you who are watching this just now, but you're uncertain about God and His love for us. A bit like Nicodemus that night who didn't know how everything fitted together. How do we know? How do we know that we've been rescued? I realize for some of us know that we know that we know, but for, for some of you may, you may be uncertain. How do we know? that we've been rescued. And we go back to that, that phrase that Jesus uses with Nicodemus. Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God 
unless they're born again. The ability to see what God's doing in its proper light, to see the goodness of God here in the land of the living, to be able to appreciate that is the sign for Jesus that you've been born again. If you can see the value in that, the goodness in that, that's Jesus' test as to whether the Holy Spirit has worked that new life in you. For some of us, that means that much of our waking hours are are dedicated to communicating that love to others. For others of us, it's a bit more sugarly, a bit more shaky. But that's the test. If you can see the value, if you can got eyes to see what Jesus is doing in your locality, amongst people around about you, then Jesus says that you've been born again or born from above, um, that you've been reborn into a new life, and that's the life that never dies. Now, you'll notice that that phrase was written in the gospel of John. And John's gospel most Bible scholars would recognize was probably the last of the Gospels to be put together. Christian tradition assigns it to John, who was probably the youngest of the apostles, and in all likelihood, Jesus' best friend. The only one of the apostles to die of natural causes. He lived a long life. Um, One of the early church leaders, a guy called Polycarp, writes about how he would be brought in Uh, He lost the use of his legs in later life, and they said, tell a story about Jesus. And he'd say, brothers, let us love one another. And that was John's later life. We have some of his letters, and we have this gospel. Jesus' best friend was called John. Now, one of my best friends is also called John. And I want to work through three ways that my One of my best friends, John, reminds me of Jesus, seeing as on Tuesday, it will be his birthday. First way. You better believe I checked my diary in October to remember when John's birthday is because John never forgets a birthday. Do you have a friend like that? Someone who always, always, always remembers your birthday. Now, that's all fine and well, John, remembering my birthday or Diane's birthday, but he also never forgets Joel's birthday or Nathan's birthday, never forgets Keziah's birthday or Simeon's birthday, never forgets Talitha's birthday or Zachary's birthday or Gabriel's birthday and Asher's birthday, and he'll be cross that I put him last when he should be second last. You see, John would remember that. John never forgets a birthday. In that way, he reminds me of William. William remembered birthdays and special dates and things of that nature. But that, that attention to detail is just like Jesus. Jesus never forgets us. Never forgets us. He forgets our sin, but he never forgets us. Never forgets those Moments in our lives that were important to us, the the pain and the sorrow never forgets. When, When we pray about something, we never find Jesus having to play catch up. We don't have to remind him of anything. There's a remembering in Jesus that we can rely on. 
And for some of us, that's an extraordinary thing because as we get older, the number of people around about us who remember us in our childhood, remember our parents, our grandparents, brothers and sisters, aunties and uncles, how things used to be, the number of those people diminishes and diminishes. But Jesus never forgets. He never forgets. Never, ever forgets. And that's just like John never forgetting my birthday. And that's why it was important for us today to remember John's. Especially as it's an important birthday of indeterminate size. Now. Here's a second way that John reminds me of Jesus. John holds on to Jesus when times are tough, just like Jesus held on to his father when times were tough. When times were tough. When he's in the desert of temptation, he holds on to his father's word. In the power of the Spirit, he's able to take on the enemy that Adam and Eve were unable to resist, that we're unable to resist, but he defeats him in the desert and then defeats him at the cross. But before Jesus goes to the cross, he goes through Gethsemane. And there he trusts in the goodness of his Father all those promised words that the Lord's servant will never see decay. All of those words. John holds on to Jesus when times are tough. Just as Jesus held on to his father when times were tough. That's so important. Because there's the tough times we're going through just now. And I know for many of you, these are difficult, difficult days. And many of us are fearful about what extra restrictions are coming our way. We're fearful that our children will not get all the schooling they need. We're fearful that we might not be able to visit those that we love, although I would encourage you to stay on top of the regulations. There's usually ways to be in contact with those we love. But this has been a tough year. And I know for many of us, we are fed up that the government is legislating on stuff that really we don't think the government should be legislating on and we should be left to our own devices. Others of you are scared that other people aren't following the rules. It's so hard just now. We go through times of sorrow and grief. I'm so thankful for God's provision in this time, but I know many of you who are self-employed or work in small businesses, even larger businesses who are finding times tough, this is not an easy time for you. And it's not an easy time for you if you're unwell. Hang on to God. Hang on to Jesus through these tough times. He has navigated our forefathers and mothers all the way through their histories. He's taken this nation through the depths of war and suffering and persecution. He's taken them through tough, tough, tough times. Those we know about, and those we don't. And he's trustworthy. And just like John holds on to Jesus in those tough times, we should do so too. And the third thing. John at the end of sharing his testimony and sharing his thoughts 
prayed for us. I'm going to guess that many of you who come to Gorebridge Parish Church have been the beneficiary of John's prayers. John prays for people. He prays for you. I've seen his list. And again, just like William, he's taken up that mantle of praying for all of you. John loves to pray. He loves to know that he is working in the gifting that God's given him. And God's given John a gift of intercession. Jesus also loved to pray. In Mark 3, we read that, Je that Jesus came away from the crowds before the sun rose and found a quiet place to pray. In John's gospel, in John 5, we read that Jesus said, I don't do anything that I don't see my Father doing before me. How did Jesus know? Because he prayed. And he didn't just pray at those allotted times where he went away to pray. He had a continuous conversation that was going with his Father in the power of the Spirit, day by day, week by week, always present and with him. And when we pray, we recognize that God is with us. And that if anything's worth turning into a concern, it's most certainly worth turning into a prayer. And John, my friends, is a better prayer than me. And he's a better prayer than most of you. And thank God for that. Because who's going to cover us through these difficult days? It's good to pray. Pray at all times and in every way, Paul writes to the early church. And John knows that. And that reminds me of Jesus. And not only did Jesus pray for his Father's help and pray for us in the dead of night, but he also, it says in the book of Hebrews, is now at the right hand of the Father, praying, interceding for each one of us. It's a ministry that continues. And as John takes part in that, I'd encourage us to pray too, because sometimes it can be tough to pray in these days when we're not sure. And even while I was I was um, speaking, with, speaking with Elspeth recently, and she was saying that God had been challenging her about speaking in tongues. Well, maybe praying in tongues, and when we don't know what to pray, we can fall back on our heavenly language. And if we don't have a heavenly language, we can pray that God would give us. And, if we, and for some of us, we don't pray in tongues out loud, but we pray silently where we just belt up for a while and sit in God's presence and allow the Holy Spirit to guide our thoughts. It's a good time to be praying. John loves to pray. And as I was thinking about John and how thankful I am for him, um, I would encourage you in, in the live chat, if you have a word of encouragement for John, write it down. Or a birthday greeting, would you write it down? Also, John has said he's not really wanting presents, but he has started up a campaign um, to raise some money for cancer research. It's a cause that's close to his heart, and I know it's close to Cancer UK, I think it is these days. And it's a cause that's close to many of your hearts, too, for as, as John's father, um, that his life was ended with cancer. So many of us have faced that, too. And um, if you go on John's Facebook page, I will try and provide a link for you uh, on the church Facebook page over the next day or so, then you can help contribute. He's got a target there. I'd like us to bust his target. 
What else? Well, I have a prayer for all of you today, as this is my prayer for John, and we've already read it. It was Paul's opening lines to that church in Colossae. And I'm going to read it again over all of you. For I'm thankful for all of you, even as I'm thankful for John. And I pray that you experience what's in here today and would encourage you to go back over the course of this next week to that first chapter of Colossians and verses 9 to 14. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we've not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have, a gr you may have great endurance and patience, giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you talking to you, John, qualified you. I'm talking to you, Zach, and I'm talking to you, June, and Akeem, and Libby, whoever you are, has qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of light. For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and has brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Oftentimes when we gather to pray, John will look up Psalm 46. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble, Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountain fall into the heart of the sea and the waters foam with their surging. And that psalm goes on. You can look it up, but there's a refrain in that. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. For the Lord Almighty is with us and the God of Jacob is our fortress. Can we go back to that picture? here. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This picture was, was painted especially for today. There's the northern lights that remind us that the Lord is our light and our salvation, that He has rescued us into the kingdom of light, that Jesus is the light of the world. And of course, that light is being shed from a lighthouse on the coast but that lighthouse isn't like any lighthouse I've ever seen. It kind of looks like a familiar silhouette. There it is. There's Gorbridge Parish Church. And the light of Jesus' love is lighting the way for a boat. And on that boat is a man and a cat. That man is John, and that cat is Lucy. There you go. And that picture 
reminds us that even in the darkest times, the light of Jesus wins out. For as Jesus' best friend John had written in his gospel, the light has shone in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. It can't. You put a torch on in a dark place and it will light your way. So John, may you know, as may we know, that God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear.